Welcome to season two of the Stephanie Humphrey podcast. This season features our biblical teaching segment, Study With Me, where we read through portions of the Old and New Testament, and Sip and Say with Stephanie, where you hear Stephanie's perspective on social issues, world events, and whatever is on her mind. Join us on Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more on Thursdays at 10 p.m. Want to leave Stephanie a message? Go to our podcast on Anchor FM and click the message button, and you just might be featured on her podcast. Don't forget to like and share your favorite episodes. We look forward to engaging with you soon. Blessings. and welcome to Be Free Ministries Bible Study. My name is Minister Stephanie Humphrey. I am so excited to be in your home, in your car, in your office, wherever you might be at this time. It is such a privilege and an honor to share the word of the Lord with you. So how are you all doing tonight? How is your mental health? How is your spiritual health? How is your social health, your physical health? How are you doing? I am feeling pretty good. My neck is a little cold. I was like, I don't even have a scarf to like match this sweater. <laughs> so I don't have anything around my neck. But for some reason, my neck is cold. Um, it's a little chill in the air in my home. So my neck is cold. I really wish I had a scarf around it. Um, but I feel pretty good. I am sleepy tonight. You know, it's Thursday. So I'm a little sleepy. I would... Um, would um, Love to be curled up in the bed just to, just to tell you how I feel. You know, I mean, wrapped up from head to toe, just in a blanket. But, but I'm so happy to share the word of the Lord with you on tonight. I really am, you know, and so I'm thankful, you know, for this opportunity to share God's word and to um, soak with you as we learn what God is saying in his word so that we can be the people that he's called us to be, so that we can live out life in the way that God intended. So, yes curled up in the bed, but this is a beautiful moment with you. So I'm so thankful for it. Um, uh, I'm mentally, so let's see, mentally I'm doing good, you know, physically I'm feeling how I'm feeling. It's nearing the end of the week. And y'all, I went um, uh, on a field trip yesterday with the kids. And so I had a really good time. It's been a um, few minutes since I've engaged with, with my, with our pre-K um, students. And so I had a lot of fun. <laughs> Just watching the kids play, like I was a doorkeeper, making sure that none of the kids got out of the uh, play areas that we were in. And so I didn't get a chance to like really play with the kids, which was fine with me because there was a couple of kids that tried to get out of the little play area. So I had to, you know, get my um, my soccer stance on to keep them from, from jetting away from us. But we had a really good time. And I think that might be some of my tiredness today because, you know, work when you're engaging with kids on a daily basis you know it does have an effect on your on your physical health and um and just you know kind of like manning the door and um catching those two two my two little babies that were trying to get loose it was fun just playing around with them to keep them in and so it was it was enjoyable watching them play and seeing them interact and engage in the materials and the play structures that we were that we were at. So we had a really good time. And so y'all, I'm not as young as I used to be. <laughs> I am not as young as I used to be, but I was so excited to um 
I have an opportunity to go with the children. We have a, we had a few classes that went and uh, you know, rode ride the bus. I haven't been on a, a school bus in a minute, so I rode the school bus with the children and the other staff members, of course, and we had a good time. And you know, on the way back, it was so interesting that on the way back, I was like, I know the kids are gonna go sleep. Like we they they played hard, you know, yesterday. And so I knew they were gonna go to sleep. So it's so interesting that the back of the bus was quiet. It was already sleep. Like 10 minutes on the bus, they were they were they were gone. They they were ready to rest. And then some of the children that were sitting by me, they were having conversations. And it was so interesting to hear their conversations and then to hear them kind of um like uh temper off and they you know heads all fall and I was like Lord I wish we had some pillows to get the babies they let the necks going but uh they were out because like I said they played hard and so it was just an enjoyable day and I was glad to be there and so um and then today I was at another assignment today separate from what I normally do and that was good engaging with another you know with with families and children and so that was another um good opportunity you know to to stretch my skills and um, remember some skills that ooh, I hadn't had to use in a, in, a, in, a, in a few minutes, you know, because of my position now. And so it's been a really good week. It's been, I'm surprised it's Thursday. Like, I feel like this week went by very fast. Like, I did go out of town for the Thanksgiving holiday and got back on Saturday. And it just seems like, I, you know, as soon as I got back, it seems like the days were rolling. And so um, I did have an enjoyable Thanksgiving. How are, how was your Thanksgiving? Did you all go out of town? Did you spend time with your family? Did you just chill by yourself? I was like, I'm going to put my feet up, watch me some football, just chill. I'm watch some Christmas movies, some Thanksgiving movies, you know, like, um, what did you do? You can add it to the chat or put it in the in the um, comment section later if you're listening to the rebroadcast. But I had a very enjoyable time um, on my Thanksgiving break. Again, you know, I did a Thanksgiving special and recognized that not everybody celebrates Thanksgiving and being respectful of the Native um, Americans and the Indigenous people who do not see this day as a day of celebration. They see it as a day of, of violence and horrific acts, you know, committed against their people. And so I take Thanksgiving as a day to be with my family and to love on them and to support them, us breaking bread together, you know, catching up with each other and um, just just being thankful for how the Lord has blessed us down through the years. You know, down through the years, the Lord's been good to me, oh, down through the years. So the Lord has been good to my family down through the years. And so that's what I take Thanksgiving as a day to be thankful for how God has blessed me, to be thankful for how God has blessed my family, to be thankful for the things that I have and um, for the blessings that are to come. And so I appreciate having a day to do that. Of course, every day is a day of Thanksgiving. God's been good to me. And I can't remember the rest of the words right now, but every day is a day of thanksgiving. Take the time to celebrate the Lord today. So even in recognizing that every day is a day of thanksgiving, it's still, I really appreciate a time to um, spend with my family on, you know, like I said, breaking bread together. And so, yeah, you all can let me know how your Thanksgiving was if you celebrate um, hopefully, if you travel, that your travel was safe without any incidents. I did have some good travel time with no incidents. Um, <laughs> I, I, I 
it wasn't an incident, but it was a adventure. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just say I had an adventure, you know, it was an adventure. And so I um, got to my destination and had a, had a wonderful time. So God is so good. We're going to get into this word tonight. Let us pray. God, we thank you for this day that you have made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. God, you are such an awesome God, a good God, a faithful God, hallelujah, a loving God, a God of peace and joy. And I thank you right now, Lord, for who you are to me. <laughs> you can't tell it, let me tell it. I thank you for me. I thank you for who you are to my family, who you are to my friends, who you are to my listeners. But God, I thank you for who you are to me hallelujah 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 god i pray that you will continue to reveal yourself to your people that you will continue to reveal yourself to your people god those areas that we don't know you to be <laughs> like if we don't to be your friend and we don't yet know you to be the lover of our soul or we don't yet know you to be a deliverer or a healer god reveal yourself to us god reveal those places within our heart that we have questions about you or we're longing to know more about you or we aren't quite sure if you can be a healer for me you know i've seen you heal know that you heal family friends co-workers but god can you be a healer for me so reveal yourself to us hallelujah in ways that we don't know you yet in ways of your heart that we haven't tapped into yet god reveal yourself to us show yourself to us hallelujah mm, hallelujah hallelujah god and for all of us who might be going through something right now who might be struggling with issues of abandonment or sickness or lack insecurity abuse whatever the case may be god i pray that you will um, minister to us god i pray that you will meet the financial needs the physical needs lord god the emotional needs the spiritual needs the mental needs father god in the name of jesus i ask that you will come and see about us god that you will come to our rescue god that you will answer our prayers father god that you will show yourself to be the great god that you are god i pray that you will reveal that you will show that your grace hallelujah is sufficient for us hallelujah for in our times of weakness you are made strong Ooh, glory you are made strong god i pray that you will show yourself to be the one who will never leave us or forsake us. I pray that you will show yourself as God Father, as when our mother and father forsake us, God, you take us up. Hallelujah. So I thank you for revealing yourself as that. I thank you for revealing yourself as our way maker, as a promise keeper. Hallelujah. As the, the lover of our soul. Glory. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. 
thank you, Lord Jesus. I pray that you will reveal yourself as our provider. In whatever way we need you to provide. Hallelujah. Reveal yourself as our provider. Hallelujah, God. Glory to God. Reveal yourself as I am that I am. Hallelujah, God. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you will reveal yourself to us in whatever way that we stand in need of. God, I pray that you will help us navigate the struggles of life, that you will help us to navigate the trials that come. Hallelujah, God, that you will help us to know that our steps are ordered by you. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord, God, and I pray that we will follow Lord Jesus, those ordered steps that you have set before us, I pray that we will not veer, veer, excuse me, to the left or to the right, God, but that we will go on the straight, set path that you have chosen for us. Hallelujah, God. I thank you. Hallelujah for revealing yourself to be our righteousness. Jehovah sent canoe our righteousness. Hallelujah. Jehovah Rapha, who glory, hallelujah, who glory, hallelujah, God, I hear the God, for you always causes us to triumph. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We have victory even over this, this test, this trial, this struggle. We have victory even over this. Thank you being Jehovah Nisi, her banner in victory, hallelujah, glory, glory to your name, Lord God, hallelujah, God, I thank you, Lord, for meeting every need, God, according to your riches and glory, hallelujah, God, that you will meet every need, hallelujah, where there is confusion, God, I speak peace, where there is doubt, Lord God, I speak faith, glory, where there is sickness, God, I speak healing, in the name of Jesus, because with your stripes, we truly are healed, hallelujah, from mental illness, from emotional distress, from physical ailments, we are healed, from brokenness, from being battered, mm. hallelujah, we are healed, <laughs> that we cast our care. We cast our care before you, God, because we know you care for us. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. I keep just hearing that banner in victory. Jehovah Nisi, our banner in victory. Thank you for being our banner in victory, Father God. Hallelujah. So I thank you for meeting every need, for supplying every need according to your riches and glory, Father. 
God, you you hear our heart, God, those unspoken prayer requests that are in our hearts or that we've petitioned before you personally. I pray that you will meet the need, God. Again, according to your riches and glory, that you will supply that need, that you will answer that prayer request according to your will. And I pray that we will be willing to accept the answers that you provide. Because you know better. You know better than I. You know better than we do, God. So help us to accept the answers that you provide. Help us to accept them in peace and in joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, God, I thank you. Hallelujah. Oh, there's so much going on in our world. I was listening to the news before I came on, and um, there was a 17-year-old boy that got off the bus. He took off running because there were some people chasing him, and he got shot. There were two children who the um, police identified as toddlers, so I'm just, you know, think, you know, under five, toddlers, two, three, and they were sitting in a car, what police believe were either overnight or at least in the early hours of the morning and their uh, parents who the two adults uh, who who police you know authorities believe were their parents were shot and those babies were sitting in the car it hasn't hadn't been determined you know how many hours or whether it's you know from last night or from you know early this morning and um there was a uh, a worker on the site, you know, that saw the car and, you know, reported it to authorities. And so those babies were taken to the hospital to be checked out and they were reported to be doing okay. And they're with, you know, family members. And I got a call from, or a message from a friend about one of her children. Oh, it's a lot going on in the world. And so it, it, it just behooves us to stay you know, close to God, to stay in prayer, to stay in faith, to keep our hand in God's hands, to be thankful, you know, for every moment of our life. The 17-year-old is that from the buzz, if I'm not mistaken, he's in the hospital. I don't think it was a fatal shooting. I do think that he's still alive. Um but uh, it's we just you know again just need to stay in prayer and in faith, keep our hand in God's hand. Amen. Amen. So ooh, we're gonna get into the word, I, and you know really plan to share that it was on my mind before the broadcast. But um, but God is good; His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endures to all generations. I usually have a paper towel or something over here, but I'm gonna go get me a tissue so I can clean my face. I'll be right. And his truth, his truth truly endures to all generations. 
Carl said it could have been me outdoors with no food and no clothes all alone without a friend just another number with a tragic end but you didn't see fit to let none of these things be or none of those things being every day by your power you keep on keeping me and I want to say thank you Lord thank you Lord for all you've done for me Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're in the book of Exodus tonight. Tonight is our Old Testament Bible study. So we're in the book of Exodus. We'll hopefully get to chapter two. I think we'll we'll get to verses or not verses, but chapters one and two. Y'all know I'm, I'm in my live, New Living Translation Bible. I, I love this story. I don't like the slavery part of this story, but I really do love this story about the Israelites in Egypt because of the deliverance that God gives to them. <laughs> yeah, I like that. God's people are not going to stay down too long. God is going to deliver his people. He is going to heal his people. He's going to bring his people out. I, I, that has been my experience with the Lord. So Exodus takes us through the um, journey of the Israelites from the time like we read last Old Testament Bible study that Joseph's family had come to Egypt to seek um, grain because there was a famine in the land. And so Joseph invites, you know, all of his family, his father's still alive. Um, his mother had already passed away, but his uh, Rachel um, had already passed away. So his father... Um, uh, Israel had come and, uh, who was Jacob and God, you know, changed his name to Israel. So him and all his brothers are there, like all nine brothers. Um, there were some sisters. So, he, uh, Joseph has his dad and his brothers, you know, like bring y'all families, bring your wives, your children, your livestock, you know, come on, come on into Egypt. And they found favor in Egypt. And, as Joseph, um, as as Exodus is closing, Joseph, um, you know, lets him know that y'all meant this for evil. Like y'all, all the the um, you know, sell, wanting to destroy, wanting to kill me initially, throwing me in a pit, and eventually selling me. What you meant for evil, God meant it for good. And we also have, um, as Joseph is, as the last chapter of the last few verses of chapter 50, Joseph has passed away. He was 110 when he passed away. His family is still living in Egypt when we get to Exodus chapter 1. And we will begin there. I think I'm going to read the entire um, Exodus chapter 1. It's 22 verses. So I'm going to go ahead and begin there. And again, Exodus takes us on the journey of the Israelites. They're, um, pro they are prospering when Exodus, for, uh, Exodus 1 comes into. And then their subsequent slavery and deliverance and the establishment of them as a people after their time in Egypt. 
So these are the sons of Jacob who went with their father to Egypt, each with his family, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, Benjamin, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. Joseph was already down in Egypt, and all Jacob had, in all, comma, <laughs> Jacob had 70 direct descendants. That's, woo, that's a lot. Go ahead, Jacob. Building that family. That's a lot of inheritance to leave you for, too. In time, Joseph and each of his brothers died, ending that generation, but their descendants had many children and grandchildren. In fact, they multiplied so quickly that they soon filled the land. Then a new king came to the throne of Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. Seemed like there should have been some oral history about Joseph, what Joseph had done for the Egyptians or some writings or some type of historical account as to what Joseph did to save Egypt from that seven-year famine. But there rose up a king who didn't know what Joseph had done. Verse 9, he told his people, these Israelites are becoming a threat to us because there are so many of them. Now, there wasn't a history of a threat. So this king makes up from out of his mind, whatever, makes up the fact that uh, there are too many of these Israelites, they might rise up against us. Just out of nowhere. Let me keep reading. They will join our enemies. Oh, let me backtrack. Let me go back to nine. He told his people, these Israelites are becoming a threat to us because there are so many of them. Verse 10, we must find a way to put an end to this. If we don't, and if war breaks out, they will join our enemies and fight against us. Then they will escape from the country. There's no evidence that there was any um, dis division or dissension amongst the Israelites and the Egyptians. As far as we know, they were living in peace and solidarity and everybody was prospering. But this new king decided these Israelites, uh-uh, no. What if a war breaks out? These Israelites will come against us. I'm not quite sure because, you know, I'm thinking about in Matthew, a house divided against itself shall not stand. So I'm not quite sure why the king formulated in his mind that if war should break out, the Israelites are going to come against us. First of all, why are you thinking about war? And then why would the Israelites come against you when there had, there's no history or evidence that would indicate that they would come against you? So you just make stuff up right now. Verse 11. So the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves and put brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down under heavy burdens. They forced them to build the cities of Python and Ramesses as supply centers for the king. But the more the Egyptians oppressed them, the more quickly the Israelites multiplied. Yes, indeed, the Egyptians soon became alarmed and decided to make their slavery more bitter still. They were ruthless with the Israelites. Forcing them to make bricks, y'all know, and y'all keep giving y'all looks. I know the podcast with the podcast audience can't see my looks. I'm giving to the YouTube live audience, but I'm giving some looks because this is sounding so familiar. So um, verse 14, they were ruthless with the Israelites, forcing them to make bricks and mortar and to work long hours in 
the fields. Then Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, gave this order to the Hebrew midwives, Shipra and Pua, when you help the Hebrew women give birth, kill all the boys as soon as they are, they are born. Allow only the girls to live. Oh, my Lord. They said, allow only the baby girls to live. See, first of all, God, God, mm -mm, mm -mm. see, you're not going to kill off God's people without repercussions. Hear me when I say, verse 17 says, but because the midwives feared God, they refused to obey the king. Amen on that. And allow the boys to live to amen. Let's put me in the mind of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In the fiery, when um, King Nebuchadnezzar had his men to put them in the fiery furnace because they did not bow down to King Nebuchadnezzar. Oh my Lord! And they were they were in a fiery like it was burning. <laughs> the furnace was burning, and they turned up the furnace one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times hotter than its normal temperature. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego walked up out of there, not even unburned, not even singed, and not smelling like smoke. At least I don't think I won't dare. I don't think they were smelling like smoke. Oh, my Lord. See, we, we can't. God shall have no other gods before him. Now, of course, this is the start of Exodus. So God had not given that particular commandment to Moses yet. We're not there yet. But... God knew already, I'm not going to have no other gods before me. So they're not going to follow what you're saying, King uh, of, of Egypt, Pharaoh, because they're serving me. They take their orders from me. They take their direction and their guidance from me, the one true and living God. So, you know, you can say what you want to, but these are my people. They're not following you. You know, they follow me. Of course, God don't talk like that. Y'all know I'm just adding my animations. Let me just keep on reading. Verse 18. Then the king called for the midwives. Why have you done this? He demanded. Why have you allowed the boys to live? King, King said, ain't no fool. I know these boys live it. <laughs> Verse 19, sir, they told him, the Hebrew women are very strong. They have their babies so quickly that we cannot get there in time. They are not slow in giving birth like the Egyptian women. <laughs> they, so what we would call today they throwing shade is what we would say today the, um, Shipra and Pua throwing shade at the Egyptian women they not you know the Hebrew women they got it going on they strong they're you know able to give birth quickly but y'all Egyptian I don't know what y'all doing in, in, in Egypt let me read let me read on stop giving y'all the hip hop versions okay verse 20 so God blessed the midwives and the Israelites continue to multiply growing more and more powerful and because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people, throw all the newborn Israelite boys into the Nile River, but you may spare the baby girls. Genocide of a whole group of people. Genocide of the Israelite, Israelite male boys. Kill them all. Throw them in there. So, so, so look. I didn't do any history on the Nile River. So I don't know what kind of animals were in the Nile River at that time. You know, what kind of animals might be there now. But I can imagine they could have been some crocodiles. It could have been some alligators. Could have been some um, um, water moccasins. 
could have been some piranhas, could have been some, I don't, I don't think sharks ain't, ain't going to be, ain't, they're not going to be in the river. They're not going to be in the river unless the, the, you know, now river was connected to, you know, a larger ocean, which I'm sure it was. Like I said, I didn't do my research, um, but you're not going to find any sharks or anything like that in a river, um, you know, but um, there, I'm sure were, even if there weren't any animals there, you drowning, you drowning the babies, you know. <sighs> That's the end of chapter one. But that was the order or the decree that Pharaoh gave to his people to throw the newborn in. And y'all, I, I wouldn't have done it. I'm not killing nobody. I'm just not going to do it. And I appreciate Shipra and Pua for not murdering those babies either. Like, how are you going to give somebody an order to kill somebody? Like, you know, I got no military aside, you know, but let me go to chapter two. Verse one, during this time, a man and woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She was what, oh, excuse me. She saw what a beautiful boy he was and kept him hidden for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a little basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the edge of the Nile River. The baby's sister then stood at a distance, watching to see what would happen to him. That would have been me, looking like looking out for my baby brother. Like I'm trying to see what's going on. Are there any animals? Like I need to go out and get the basket, push it further. Like what I need to do is make six. So verse five. Soon after this, one of Pharaoh's daughters came down to bathe in the river, and her servant girls walked along the river bank. When the princess saw the little basket among the reeds, she told one of her servant girls to get it for her. As the princess opened it, she found the baby boy. His helpless cries touched her heart. He must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Now, y'all know the princess knew the decree that her dad had given for the Israelite male boys or male baby boys to be thrown in the river. So just in case you don't know this story, let's listen to see what happens. Verse 7, then the baby's sister approached the princess. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you, she asked. Come on, Miriam. Miriam was smart. That's good. Come on, Miriam. Watch out for that baby, brother. Yes, ma'am. Yes, do, the princess replied. So the girl rushed home and called the baby's mother. Take this child home and nurse him for me, the princess told her. I will pay you for your help. So the baby's mother took her baby home and nursed him. Look at God. Later, when he was older, the child's mother brought him back to the princess who adopted him to her son, or excuse me, as her son. The princess named him Moses, for she said, I drew him out of the water. So I've often thought, like, how did this happen as far as um, Pharaoh's decree that the baby boys were to be killed? How is it, of course, we know God's protection and God's favor and God's destiny was, you know, working on uh, Moses's behalf. But I'm just wondering, did the princess go to her dad and be like, look, I got this baby at the river. 
no, uh, you know, the Hebrew lady is a Hebrew woman is nursing him. Don't nobody from Egypt, but not throw my baby in the river. Like, I don't know if she said my baby technically, but I'm just wondering, did she have a, have a conversation with her dad about this Hebrew baby that she found, you know, so that he could, you know, have the protection of um, Pharaoh, you know, because again, he had God's protection. God's protection is really all you need. If God before you, who can be against you? But just thinking about it from the natural perspective, um, I'm wondering, did she have a conversation with her dad about it? Maybe when I get to heaven, I'll find out, you know, I'm nothing I really need to know. I was just kind of curious, you know, that his, he was able to stay with his mom those couple of years without, you know, um, being hindered or being harmed in any way, um, of course, you know, based on the decree. All right. So we're continuing to read, um, verse 11, many years later, when Moses had grown up, he went out to visit his people, the Israelites. I love the fact that he knew he was an Israelite. Like, I'm thankful that that information was not withheld from him, that he was well aware of who his people were and who, you know, what his culture was. I really appreciated that. I don't know if it was because he, um, you know, Pharaoh's daughter, the princess told him or if at this time he had developed a relationship with his sister, of course he had with his, you know, with his parents or with his mom and his sister were there when he was being nursed. But, you know, being a, you know, I'm assuming she stopped nursing him maybe around one or two and um, he probably would not remember them, you know. And so I'm just kind of wondering who had that conversation with Moses about this, you know, you're my son, but you're an adopted son, like you're a Hebrew, um, you know, by by birth. And so, uh, which leads me to think about families who adopt children, especially as a baby or a, a very young age, you know, when do you have those conversations with your child about, I am your mom, I am your dad, but we adopted you from another family, you know, who um, needed support to care for you or whatever language you choose to use. Like, I'm wondering, when do parents have those conversations with their children or do they have those conversations at all? Just a thought, like if y'all have some some guidance for me, some information for me, your thoughts, ideas, if you're adopted or, you know, if you're an adult now and was adopted or if you're a family that adopted somebody, like let me know, put it in the chat or the comment section because I would love to know, like, do you let them know maybe around 12, you know, five, like when do you let them know, you know, that I adopted you or do you, you know, tell them at all? Because we want, I'm thinking a little bit further about, like medical conditions or like the, the family history of their biological parents? Are there any, like if it's an African-American child, are there any traits like within the African-American community as far as medical concerns that you might need to know about? Or are there, you know, specific family concerns that you need to know about? If it's a, a white child or an Asian child, a Latino child, are there cultural, you know, um, cultural information that you would need to know about that child or that that child would need to know for themselves? Like, I think about all of those types of things when families adopt a child from a different culture, which I love that that happens. Like, I, for me, it don't matter who adopt, as long as the family is a loving family and willing to love on that child and support that child, care for that child, provide for that child in a loving way that builds them up and nurtures them. Hey, if their family is, is willing to do that and able to do that, I'm thankful, you know, when children are able to be adopted because, you know, you know, that's, you know, 
being in a foster home or a group home and not, you know, having parents, I I can imagine that's tough. I mean, I grew up without knowing my dad until my teenage years, and it was tough because I felt abandoned in different things. But imagine a child in the foster care system who doesn't, you know, they don't have either, you know, any parent, you know, not a, not a single parent, not two parents. So just, you know, makes me think about, you know, things like that. You know, the word of God kind of prompts, you know, different situations, life happenings, social, you know, concerns that are happening in our world today. And so, you know, it just made me think about it. I'm glad that, that Moses knew who he was. And hopefully families who have adopted children are letting those children know, you know, who they are, you know, so that they'll understand their culture. And like I said, any like medical concerns, any, you know, if this cancer run in the family, this high blood pressure, you know, run in the family, if there's sicknesses or disease or certain um, sickle cell, you know, I feel like that information, the family would need to know, but that child would need to know as well, so that as they become a teenager and a young adult, they'll know what to look out for. Some of the, you know, environmental concerns or medical concerns, family history concerns, that they may be predisposed to. I feel like they would need to know that information. Um, I know I went off on a little tangent there, but I, you know, feel like it's important. So, um, so Moses knows who he is and he is out and about. Um, when he, uh, he's out and about, he's seeing how his people are working so hard, how they're being forced to work so hard. So during his visit, during Moses' visit, he saw an Egyptian beating one of the Hebrew slaves. After looking around to make sure no one was watching, Moses killed the Egyptian and buried him. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry for laughing. And buried him in the sand. No, he should not have killed him. Maybe he should. He could have beat it. Just beat him down. I don't know if it was an accidental killing. <laughs> premeditated kill like we don't know i don't know you know they could have been fighting and in the midst of the fighting moses killed him i the bible don't say i don't know it wasn't premeditated like before he got there because you know but i'm just saying so moses kills this man and he has the decency you know to bury him um verse 14 who do you think you are? The man replied, who appointed you to be our prince and judge. Do you plan to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? Oh, wait, wait, I'm sorry. I, I went too far. Let me go up to verse 13. I just read verse 14. Let me go to verse 13. The next day, as Moses was out visiting his people again, he saw two Hebrew men fighting. What are you doing hitting your neighbor like that? Moses said to the one in the wrong. Why, who do you think you are? The man replied, who appointed you to be our prince and judge? Do you plan to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? Somebody were watching. I look over in the corner watching to see what was going on. When Moses, I mean, excuse me, uh, Moses was badly frightened because he realized that everyone knew what he had done. And sure enough, when Pharaoh heard about it, he gave orders to have Moses arrested and killed. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and escaped to the land of Midian. What's done in the dark comes to the light sooner or later. 
and that ain't right. So word got back to Pharaoh and he orders Moses to be arrested and killed for killing the Egyptian. Now this is in deep contrast to the Prince of Egypt, the cartoon, the movie put out by DreamWorks where they showed Moses having this loving relationship with Ram, with not Ramesses, but with, um, uh, oof, with it, with a fair, was it Ramesses one maybe? Because I think Ramesses two was the one that, um, um, the one that, um, Moses grew up with, if I'm remembering my history correctly. So it showed them in the Prince of Egypt having a loving relationship. The Bible don't say they had a loving relationship. I know how Hollywood um, takes um, true events or life events based on a true story, you know, and they add their own skin to it and make it look good. But the Bible doesn't say that they had that tight of a relationship. They could have had a fatherly son type of, re of a relationship because it doesn't say that the princess was married. So maybe, you know, the king of, of Pharaoh or the king of Egypt, Pharaoh, did have a good relationship with Moses. But once he found out that he killed the Egyptian, you know, it was like, oh, we got to get him. Then again, it could have been some tension there because of how Pharaoh oppressed um, Moses' people, oppressed the Israelites. We, we just don't know. So anyway, Moses, he fled um, from Egypt. Verse, um, we're still in verse 15. When Moses arrived in Midian, so let me backtrack, let me see. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and escaped to the land of Midian. When Moses arrived in Midian, he sat down beside a well. Now it happened that the priest of Midian had seven daughters who came regularly to the well now, uh, let me say, to draw water and fill the water troughs for their father's flocks. But other shepherds would often come and chase the girls and their flocks away. I don't know why they're getting chasing the girls away. They're trying to feed a flock, get water for their family. But this is what happened. This time, however, Moses came to their aid and, excuse me, came to their aid, rescuing the girls from the shepherds. Then he helped them draw water for their flocks. When the girls returned to Ruel, their father, he asked, how did you get the flocks watered so quickly today? An Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds, they told him, and then he drew water for us and watered our flocks. Well, where is he then? Their father asked. Did you just leave him out there? Go and invite him to home, invite him home for a meal. Moses was happy to accept the invitation and he settled to live with them. In time, Ruel gave Moses, one of his daughters, Zipporah, I love her name, to be his wife. Later, they had a baby boy, and Moses named him Gershom. For he said, I have been a stranger in a foreign land. Y'all know how it was in the Bible. They had, there was meaning, significance to the names that they gave their children. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, verse thirty. Excuse me, verse 23. Let me get this closer so I can see this small print better. Years passed and the king of Egypt died, but the Israelites still groaned beneath their burden of slavery. They cried out for help and their pleas for deliverance rose up to God. God heard their cries and remembered his covenant promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
He looked down on the Israelites and felt deep concern for their welfare. I want us to not get it twisted here. I want us to recognize God saw his people even before they, their cries reached up to heaven. Um, do I believe that the Israelites waited all this time to cry out to God? No, I'm sure they did not. But God has an appointed time for all things. Do we always understand God's timing? No. Will we always agree with God's timing? No. And that's okay because God is sovereign. <laughs> he can do what he wants, when he wants, how he wants, with who, you know, for who he wants, because he's sovereign. So anywho, they're at this at this point in the history of the Israelites, as they are enslaved in Egypt, God hears their cries. And he has empathy. His heart is exceedingly turned towards them. And he prepares a deliverer. There's already been preparing already, but uh, we get a little bit more. So look, y'all, go ahead and read chapter three. So that in verse four, you know, we can get to that the next time around, which will be in 2023. Lord bless us to live to see it. All right, so chapter three. Um, and uh, verse one, one day Moses was tending the flock for his father-in-law Jethro, um, the priest of Midian. Jethro and Ruel, they're the same person. Um, let me see which one is what. Okay, I was thinking it was going to tell us what the he the Hebrew name was probably Ruel, and then Jethro. He was called. He was known, you know, by both of the names. Um, I like me some Jethro because Jethro gave uh, um, Moses some wisdom. We'll see it a little bit later once God delivers his people from from Egypt, and Jethro gives you know Moses some wisdom and how to govern the people of God. And so, um, let me read. One day Moses was teaching. Excuse me, not teaching, but tending. Lord, let me bring this closer <laughs> so I can see. Tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. I think I'm going to have to buy me another New Living Translation Bible because I've had this for many years when my eyes were 2020. And now that they um, have a slight decline, I think I need to get a larger print so that even with my glasses, I can see clearly. Praise the Lord. Y'all pray for me here. Um, and he went deep into the wilderness near Sinai, the mountain of God. Sinai. Suddenly the angel of the Lord appeared to him as a blazing fire in a bush. Moses was amazed because a bush was engulfed in flames but it didn't burn up. Amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go over to see this. When the Lord saw that he had caught Moses' attention, God called him to God called to him from the bush. Moses, 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 Moses. Here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, God told him. Take off your sandals for you are standing on holy ground. Then he said, I am the God. Have y'all ever, has God ever spoken that to you? Like there have been moments in my life as I've walked with the Lord where God will tell me to take off my shoes because you are on holy ground. Sometimes it's been at church. Sometimes it's been in my house. Take off your shoes for you are standing on holy ground. And will I throw them shoes off in a minute? Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. So um, then he said, verse six, 
I am the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he hid his face in his hands because he was afraid to look at God. I know that's right. Verse 7, then the Lord told him, you can be sure. I have seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries for deliverance from their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come to rescue them from the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own good and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jubasites live. The cries of the people of Israel have reached me and I have seen how the Egyptians have oppressed them with heavy tasks. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You will lead my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Verse 11 Oh, my Lord, it's Moses here. But who am I to appear before Moses, before Pharaoh? Moses asked God. How can you expect me to lead the Israelites out of Egypt? Then God told him, I will be with you. I know that God before you. Who can be against you? I know that's right. And this will serve as proof that I have sent you. That's verse 12. When you brought the Israelites, excuse me, when you have brought the Israelites out of Egypt, you will return here to worship God at this very mountain. Come on now, Mount Sinai. But Moses protested. Come on, somebody. If I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they won't believe me. They will ask, which God are you talking about? What is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied, I am the one who always is. King James Version, I am that I am. Yeah, Come on, somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am that I am. Our New Living Translation says, I am the, the one who always is. But always was, is, and is to come. That, that's just me talking. It is. Mm -hmm. Okay, let me get back to the scriptures. I am has sent... Wait a minute. Let me go back. Got a little excited there. Let me get to the scripture. Just tell them I am has sent me to you. God also said, tell them the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This will be my name forever. It has always been my name, and it will be used throughout all generations of God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yes, indeed. Now go and call together all the leaders of Israel. Tell them the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob appeared to me in a burning bush. He said, you can be sure that I am watching over you and have seen what is happening to you in Egypt. I promise to rescue you from the oppression of the Egyptians. I will lead you to the land now occupied by the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. The leaders of the people of Israel will accept your message. Then all you must go, excuse me, then all of you must go straight to the king of Egypt and tell him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Let us go on a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go except under heavy pressure. So I will reach out and strike 
at the heart of Egypt with all kinds of miracles. Then at last he will let you go. And I will see to it that the Egyptians treat you well. And he and God and they did. <laughs> and they did. We're gonna get to it. We're gonna get to it. They will load you down with gifts. So you will not leave empty hand. I mean, they had gold, they had jewelry, they had all kinds of things leaving up out of Egypt. Come on, somebody. Verse 22, the Israelite women will ask for silver and gold jewelry and find clothing from their Egyptian neighbors and their neighbors' guests. With this clothing, you will dress your sons and daughters in this way. You will plunder the Egyptians. God don't do nothing halfway. <laughs> God does not do anything halfway. God does a complete work. Hallelujah. So not only was he going to deliver them, but he was going to give them some treasures as they are walking out. They're like, come on, somebody. They're leaving with some spoils. Yes. I'm, I really am going to stop right there. I could go into chapter four, but I'm not because it's kind of long. Um, you know what? It's, it's 728. You, you know what? Let me go ahead and hit chapter four. That way I can get myself a chapter three. Go ahead and let me go ahead and hit chapter four because it coincides. I'll be quick. But Moses protested again, doggone. This is third, this is number three, Moses. This is number three. Look, they won't believe me. They won't do what I tell them. They'll just say, the Lord never appeared to you. Then the Lord asked him, what do you have there in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses said. Throw it down on the ground, the Lord told him. So Moses threw it down and it became a snake. Moses was terrified, so he turned to run so he turned and ran away. Then the Lord told him, Take hold of its tail. So Moses reached out and grabbed it, and it became a shepherd's staff again. Perform this miracle, and they will believe you, the Lord told him. Then they will, I turn the page, I realize that the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob really has appeared to you. Then the Lord said to Moses, put your hand inside your robe. Moses did so. And when he took it out again, his hand was white as snow with leprosy. Now put your hand back into your robe again, the Lord said. Moses did. And when he took it out this time, it was as healthy as the rest of his body. If they do not believe the first miraculous sign, they will believe the second, the Lord said. And if they do not believe you, even after these two signs, then take some water from the Nile River and pour it onto the dry ground. When you do, it will turn into blood. Um, hmm. But Moses pleaded with the Lord, oh Lord, I'm just not a good speaker. This is number four, Moses. I never have been, and I'm not now. Even after you have spoken to me, I'm clumsy with words. Who makes mouths, the Lord asked him. Who makes people so they can speak or not speak, hear or not hear, see or not see? I, excuse me, is it not I, the Lord? Now go and do as I told you. I will help you speak well, and I will tell you what to say. But Moses pleaded again, come on, Lord, please send somebody else. That's number five, Moses. Send somebody else, Lord. What? Uh, the, every excuse he can come up with, Moses got excuse after excuse why he cannot fulfill the calling that the Lord has placed on his life. So 
God makes an exception for, for Moses. Verse 14, then the Lord became angry with Moses. Number five, Moses, the Lord became angry with Moses. All right, he said, what about your brother Aaron, the Levite? He is a good speaker. And look, he is on his way to meet you now. And when he sees you, he will be very glad. You will talk to him, giving him the words to say. I will help both of you to speak clearly and I will tell you what to do. See, God won't let Moses off the hook. He said, I will help both of you to speak clearly. Come on, somebody, because see, I gave you the calling. I put the calling on your life, but I'm going to get your brother Aaron to help you. But I'm going to still make it so that your mouth will open up and speak clearly so you can deliver the message that I need to give to Pharaoh and the Egyptians. Come on in here, somebody. Verse 15, you will talk to him, giving him a okay, I read that. Verse 16, Aaron will be your spokesman to the people and you will be as God to him, telling him what to say. Verse 17, and he's sure and be sure to take your shepherd's step along so you can perform the miraculous signs I have shown, I have shown you. Um, oh no, no, no. Let me keep reading. I got a couple more about, yeah, a few more verses, a couple of more of a few more verses. Then Moses went home and talked it over with Jethro, his father-in-law. With your permission, Moses said, I would like to go back to Egypt to visit my family. I don't even know whether they are still alive. Go with my blessings, Jethro replied, or with my blessing, Jethro replied. Before Moses left Midian, the Lord said to him, do not be afraid to return to Egypt for all those who wanted to kill you are dead. So Moses took his wife and sons, put them on a donkey and headed back to the land of Egypt. In his hand, he carried the staff of God. Then the Lord reminded him, when you arrive back in Egypt, go to Pharaoh and perform the miracles I have empowered you to do. Come on, somebody. But I will make him stubborn so he will not let the people go. Then you will tell him, this is what the Lord says. Israel is my firstborn son. I commanded you to let him go so he could worship me. But since you have refused, be warned. I will kill your firstborn son. Sowing and reaping happens. It, 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 mm -hmm. Verse 24, on the journey, when Moses and his family had stopped for the night, the Lord confronted Moses and was about to kill him. But, <laughs> okay, wait a minute. Okay, hold on. Okay, let's keep reading. But Zipporah, his wife, took a flint knife and circumcised her son. She threw the foreskin at Moses' feet and said, What a blood-smeared bridegroom you are to me. When she called Moses a blood-smeared bridegroom, she was referring to the circumcision. After that, the Lord left him alone. <laughs> so that was that was that was like a dramatic difference between God um, giving him his 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 calling, sending him to Egypt. Now the Lord about to kill him. But he hadn't circumcised his son, as was traditional with the Israelites. And so Zipporah so stepped in and she, um, you know, made sure that their son was circumcised. Thank, thank God. For, so, so the Bible says, he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord. Now, mind you, Proverbs, God had not given this Proverbs yet, but 
it was still a part of God. You know, it was, it was, it was going to come, you know, because God, God knows the beginning, the end, the end, the beginning. So even though we may not have the word, God knows that the word is coming. So he, she, her, his favor, Zipporah, his wife, helped save him from being killed by the Lord. Come on, somebody. All right, let me, what, what, what verse I'm at? Verse 27, now the Lord said, now the Lord had said to Aaron, Aaron, excuse me, go out into the wilderness to meet Moses. So Aaron traveled to the mountain of God when he found Moses and greeted him, where he found Moses and greeted him warmly. Moses then told Aaron everything the Lord had commanded them to do and say, and he told him about the miraculous signs they were to perform. So Moses and Aaron returned to Egypt and called the leaders of Israel to a meeting Aaron told them everything the Lord had told Moses, and Moses performed the miraculous signs as they watched. The leaders were soon convinced that the Lord had sent Moses and Aaron, and when they realized that the Lord had seen their misery and was deeply concerned for them, they all bowed their heads and worshipped. Again, a very different story was depicted in the movie The Prince of Egypt. My Lord, because Moses started throwing <laughs> when Moses came to Egypt, his brother Aaron started throwing mud at him. I was not happy with his brother. So again, creative license in Hollywood. That's why even when, because like they did Prince of Egypt, they've done um, Joseph with the color of many colors. They've done Noah with uh, Russell Crowe. Um, we just need to know God's word and read it for ourselves so that when um, when movies or TV shows come out about the Bible, we know God's word for ourselves. What was the one I'm singing? The Passion of the Christ. Now that doggone Passion of the Christ. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I'm, I'm done with my Bible reading. I'm not going to say too much about it because everything in here in, in my in my thought process is pretty much self-explanatory. This is building the foundation of God delivering his people from Egyptian enslavement. It really reminds me, the Egyptian enslavement reminds me a lot about enslavement of African people. Um, granted, African people were stole from their land and sold into slavery or captured, sometimes sold into slavery, sometimes captured by um, slave catchers. And whereas the Egyptian, whereas the Israelites were already in Egypt, they were already part of their way of life, of their, you know, part of the community. And um, they were, you know, put into slavery, but a lot of the similarities are there as far as Egyptian um, or the Israelites enslaved in Egypt and black people enslaved um, during the 1600s, 17, 18, a little bit of the 19. Um, even though 1865, you know, but it was as if the Emancipation Proclamation was not even signed. And even still, there are, uh, there's a lot going on. So I'm going to stop there again, building the foundation of Egyptian deliver of Israelite, del I keep saying Egyptian, but Israelite deliverance from Egypt. Uh, the next 
Old Testament Bible study will actually be in January. We'll be in the new year, 2023. So the Lord blesses us to see it. We will see you back for Old Testament Bible study on January the 5th. 2023 but for now next thursday at 6 30 p.m we will be back for new testament bible study we are in matthew um i don't know which part of matthew we were in um let me see if i can find the last chapter in matthew that we read because at this moment i cannot recall um, so let's see if I can look it up very quickly. In the meantime, uh, Tuesday was actually Giving Tuesday, and I did send out some information about giving to aunties against abuse. Giving Tuesday is gone. Obviously, it's Thursday. But if you would like to give to my nonprofit, uh, it is a 501c3 um, organization, Aunties Against Abuse. We would really appreciate every donation that you can give to support the young ladies that we educate, equip, empower, and advocate for. We have given them back to school supplies. We have um, purchased some items for them for the Christmas holiday, some clothing and other items to support them as a young lady to keep them encouraged to, um, you know, give them some, some nice new clothes for the Christmas celebration. And we will be honoring them very, you know, very this month and um, having an end of the year celebration. So the funds that you donate to Aunties Against Abuse, it goes to support our young ladies in their needs, in their education, in our teaching sessions, when we gather together in person, we do provide a meal for them. So it helps support us feeding them. Um, next year, we're going to eventually get get into getting them some personal care items to support them. Because, you know, as women, we have some extra things going on that men don't have. So we'll help support their families in uh, meeting those physical needs as well. And so we're looking to expand the ministry and um, have more resources for our young ladies to tap into. So we welcome you to give to Aunties Against Abuse. I will put the link in the description so that you can have that. Um, uh, Be Free Ministries is a wholehearted supporter of Aunties Against Abuse. Yes, I do lead both ministries, but they are very separate entities. And so we do wholeheartedly um, support, again, Aunties Against Abuse. So yeah, go check out our website. And if you feel so led, donate to us to support the young ladies that the Lord has entrusted us, again, to educate, equip, empower, and to advocate for. All right. And so I was supposed to be looking up the um, Matthew at that time. So we'll be in Matthew chapter 13, it looks like. We'll start with 13 and go a few chapters down. Um, and maybe I'll try to wrap up Matthew if I can so that we can start in Luke when the um, new year comes in. We'll just have to see. Look, if you want to know more about Be Free Ministries, check out our website at BeFreeMinistriesNC.org. There are sermons available. 
There is a prayer of salvation available there. There is other information that, that will prayerfully support you in your Christian walk. So visit our website. I'm even thinking of getting some ideas right now about some things that we might be able to implement, you know, next year um, on the website so that you can have 24 access to um, additional biblical resources um, to support you in your walk with the Lord. So we will continue to hear from the Lord, be led of the Lord, and go forth in what the Lord has called us to do. Amen. Amen. Again, thank you so much for joining me tonight. And I pray that the blessings of the Lord be upon you. And look, if nobody has told you that they love you today, I love you. We at Be Free Ministries, we love you. This is Be Free Ministries signing off. In addition to going live on my YouTube channel at 6.30 p.m. on Thursdays, I also go live at 10 p.m. on my podcasting channels, including Anchor FM, Spotify, Google Podcast, and more. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Blessings.